Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fallout Bar. It is here. It is time. It is Christmas. Liam, it is Christmas time. That's what we go for this one, buddy, because the PDC World Championship has begun. How are we doing, pal? Good, good, good. Like you said, officially Christmas. Now it starts. We've been uh, waiting for this now for uh, all year now for this World Championship to start. And I'm sure now over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be well entertained with plenty of good darting action. We are indeed. So I got really excited on that intro then, by the way. Like, we've got new music. And I was like, yeah, I was really jamming into it and I forgot what it was actually about to finish. But uh, yeah, superb start. Uh, good evening to everybody in the chat room. The world is here. How are we all doing? Plenty of you been chatting so far, though. Daniel's in, G's in, Daniel Sison's in as well. Uh, who else do we have? Tommy's in as per usual. Mr. David, Bob, Tommy Boy, Bonkers, all in. Good to see you guys. How are we doing? Sorry, I was just absolutely buzzing off this uh, it's a good job i am though because i think if this was any other tournament i might be sat here a little bit depressed it wasn't the best opening it wasn't the best standard for an open night of the world championship we're ever going to see i think is a, is a fair assessment of tonight liam but it's the world so we just don't care do we yeah especially when it's the first night as well i just think we all wanted to just get underway we're happy that it's starting we're on that world's buzz now um and it can only go up from here after that first night's action. So I'm sure we'll all be buzzing again tomorrow uh, with a double session. We should indeed. Yeah, that means less sleep even more so for me than what I've been <laughs> used to for the last few weeks. But look, wouldn't have it any other way. Simon's in as well. He says, good evening. Uh, now says, right. He, yeah, let, 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 let's not read that one out. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was an interesting night and there's plenty to look forward to tomorrow as well. As per usual, if you're new to the Fallout Bar, just run you through the plan here this evening. So we'll go over all of the action uh, from this evening's session with all the big talking points, how we feel they went. Uh, we do usually have some interview clips from the winners as well. I'm just waiting to confirm that we're going to get those this evening from our man on the ground, Phil Bars, who is at Alexandra Palace for the entire tournament. Uh, and then we'll look ahead to tomorrow's section. Uh, tomorrow's sessions, uh, give a few preview, pre- previews or predictions on how we expect those games to go. Uh, and then inevitably, someone else will be sat here tomorrow night. We won't go back on them, and someone else will do more predicting tomorrow. But that's just how the fallout bar works here at Online Darts. Uh, if you haven't done so already, do drop us a like on the stream. It really helps us out massively. And subscribe to the channel as well. We are really close to approaching 30,000 subscribers as a channel right now. Um, and that means you can get involved in the chat room as well, because you can only do that is as a subscriber. Right, Liam, let's talk about some matches, shall we? We opened the 2023 PDC World Championship with a match between Mickey Mansell and Ben Robb. On paper, a really tight encounter this one. Mickey's had a decent return to the Pro Tour this year as a tour card holder, picked around £30,000 of, of ranking money. Ben Robb still not got a tour card, but we did see him in the mode of Super Series last week, getting into match practice, um, really competitive in that. Um, eventually, though, Mickey Mantle getting over the line 3-1 to close this one out, 47% on the outer ring. A little bit of a shock at just how quickly he came flying out of the traps, 110 average in that first set. Yeah, and uh, it was probably that first set that set him up nicely to win that match. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was he f- absolutely flew out of the blocks. He looked untouchable in that first set. 
and I think even Ben Robb was probably a little bit surprised how Mickey Mantle comes came out of the blocks there. Usually we see some opening day or opening first set nerves from them. Um, and look, Manson flew out, like I said, and, and just done enough. I mean, 3-0, he, he, he walled through that first set. Uh, but Rob did well to get back in the game, I thought, um, and really battled on well. And it was nip and tuck, really, from then on in. Um, after that first set, there wasn't much in it at all, but Manson just doing enough uh, in the end. Yeah, it seemed to be the way in that match, as you just said it. I thought Rob was competitive, obviously missed chance to take us to... Um, Two sets all. He missed double 18 for the 110, I think it was, uh, in that second set to force a decider. But it just seemed that Mickey had done enough in the sets where Mickey had the darts and then stealing that fourth set was, was the way to get over the line in that one. Yeah, and I think uh, Rob had a 118 out in the fourth set. He looked like he was doing well. And like you said, just missed the the, the, the match or the couple of set darts to, to bring it all the way. And look, we, we, we don't know what could have happened if he'd have managed to brought that all the way. But look, Mansell just seemed comfortable. He was steady after that first set that was brilliant. He just uh, just steady all the way through in the in the remaining sets and just done enough to get over the line. And look, we can see how much it meant to him at the end. I mean, he was obviously buzzing. He doesn't have the best of records at Ali Pali. I think that was his seventh appearance. And he, he I think he's only made it past the first round once. Um, so look, I mean, he, you, we can see by the, the, the way his reaction was at the end and that he was just probably targeted this game uh, and it was a good victory for him. Yeah, I think you're right. That is just two wins at Ali Pali now for Mickey Mantle. Both of them coming against Kiwis, formerly against Halpai Pura tonight, against Ben Robb. Let's have a quick chat on, on Ben Robb. Clearly got something about him. We've seen him at World Cups now. We've seen him at World Series before. We've seen him at World Championships now. Still waiting for him to produce that extra level, that extra gear, that that 95-plus in a performance that really puts his hand up and goes, yeah, he's got that A-game level to compete. Uh, I think his, at the minute, I think his A-game is, is where the, most of the tour's B-game is. And at that point, not really there. But he is a player that if he did commit to two years on the tour, you could see massive improvements by playing weekly because he's certainly got something about him in that respect. Yeah, and I suppose there's a lot of players really on the fringes and Ben Robb is probably one of them that... If he can, if he can manage to get his tour card, or he he gets a a, a run of games against um, the 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 BDC players, if he manages to get one of them, and he's Sander will improve if he's playing against better players week in week out or year in year out. If he can, if he can get the card, um, and maybe he just has to go to Q school if he's going. Uh, and try and win one of them, and then that's why when we might see the standard rise a little bit, and he'll be able to compete more uh, against some of these professional players. Yeah, a word on Mansell. Then look, we're gonna we're gonna talk about him a little bit more in a minute as well because of the, the way that um, the opening night works in the PDC and the fact that we knew this was coming. So um, a, a solid win. It's difficult to play first, especially when you've got the record he did. That opening set would have set him down massively, and he looked pretty content and pretty comfortable up there at that point, didn't he? Yeah, and I was surprised because I mean, like what we said previous, I mean, his world championship record is is not great. I mean, I think he averaged ninety two in the end. I mean, it was really, really solid performance from Mansell. I mean, um, we can see we we've seen what he can do on the on the floor sometimes uh, on the pro tour, um, but we haven't really ever seen that translate to the stage uh, before tonight. But. Um, look, a really solid performance. He clearly has targeted this game as a chance to get his, just his second win on the at the Worlds. Um, and I thought it was really, really solid um, first game for him. Yeah, it was indeed. Right, let's move on to the second game then. Obviously, we did not interview Mickey Mansell because he did have to play again that evening. So there's no shelf life to that content. He's not obliged to give an interview at that point by the PDC. Uh, but we do have clips of the next two winners for you throughout the night. So uh, match number two was game number two, and we've probably got shock number one of the tournament here. There was a lot of people, including Keen Barry, in their dark horse suggestions for this tournament. Fantastic young player, great temperament when we've seen him play before, narrowly beaten by Callum Rids at the Players' Championship finals in Minehead a few weeks ago. Uh, and had a really cracking season as he's built on 
his development form and, and whatever else that he's produced in the past as well. But from 2-0 up in the first set, manages to find himself losing that one to Grant Sampson, the South African, who then goes on to win 3-1. And there were still moments where you're looking at it going, how is this happening? But Barry just had absolutely no response tonight, did he? No, and look, I know I shouldn't jump to conclusions so early, but at 2-0, I was thinking, how on earth has this man beaten Devin Peterson in, in the African qualifier? But look, I mean... Both players look really nervous early doors and they didn't really... Barry didn't settle at all throughout the whole match. Um, Samson, I mean, Dublin-wise, it was a little bit traumatic. None of them could really hit any sorts of doubles throughout the whole match. I think they only averaged 23%. The pair of them averaged 23% on the doubles. I mean, average-wise, it was a poor match. It was the worst match of the night, but it still made for entertaining... Um, an entertaining contest because of how how poor some of the doubles were. But look, I was surprised by Samson. He dug deep, really. I know the average doesn't suggest that he it was a brilliant performance, but he he done really well. Even a two one, I was expecting Barry to kind of claw his way back into the match. I never really felt like Barry was in much danger until the end. I mean, and Samson just held his nerve and I managed to get over the line. It was really really great win for him. Uh, it's probably as poor of a, uh, as I've seen Keen Barry. I know we've seen a lot of him since he's uh, been quite young and he's always been a, a brilliant player whenever I've seen him, especially this year. He's done really, really well. Um, but, I mean, some great moments in the match from Samson. I think he had the one two five at one stage. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I think it was 40 trebleless visits from Keen Barry over the course of the match. Um, and uh, he's just doubles, just evaded him. And it looked like um, me on the practice board with some of them doubles, they were they were miles off. Yeah, they were indeed. Evening to a few people in the chat room. Laura's joined us. Jack Naughty's in. Craig is in as well. Good to see you guys. Uh, Colin as well. Um, look, I don't want to go making excuses for people. That, that's not what we're here for, but we are here to assess the game. It certainly looked to be that Keen Barry was struggling with the temperature up on stage. You could see him trying to blow some heat into his hands a little bit. Phil has been at Alexandra Palace all day. He arrived about, well, he did an interview with Matt Porter this morning and then has been working there ever since, right? They were late to arrive. They were late to put the heating on. And since then, the heating has packed up at Ali Palace. So it is absolutely freezing there, even with the body heat of the fans in there and whatever else. In some places in the UK, it's been as cold as minus eight degrees today. That is not ideal dark playing temperatures. Most would rather be, as a dark player, I think you'd rather be too warm than you would too cold. You can use a towel, you can you can sort your hands out. If you can't get heat into your hands, you can't open your hand quick enough for somebody throws as quickly as Keen Barry does, can't get grip on the darts at all, that's going to struggle. And I think he's fallen foul of that a little bit. Not 100%. I can't go making excuses for it, saying, oh, that's the reason he won. But from what we do know about these guys, Keen Barry is a more consistent and, and better professional dart player. And we think that looking at that, that may have played a part this evening. Yeah, and look, I mean, it, it was obvious. I mean, every visit he was trying to warm up his hands, it was quite obvious from the television coverage that we saw. Um, and especially with, a, like you said, a player that plays at his pace, any slight alteration to the release of the dart from the hand is going to, and we could see it. I mean, the amount of the darts that dropped uh below the treble 20 segment or really, really low in the 19 segment. It was kind of unusual um, for for such a, a, a good player like Keen Barry to be dropping them darts so low. Um, clearly, there was something that wasn't quite right. And, and, and again, even the, if the mental aspect of it, when he realises that, that something is not quite right and he's playing on him, it, it, he didn't settle at all in that match. You could see it just lift, uh, looked a little bit unnerved, um, especially when you start missing doubles in and if you can't release the, the dart properly and the, the heat isn't right. I mean, it's a, it is a game of small margins at the end of the day. Uh, especially when you're playing in such a so with the biggest tournament in the world, um, every little thing makes a difference up in that stage. Yeah, I almost want to commend him in that respect as well because he is still a young player. He still does lack experience compared to an awful lot of players in this tournament. But 
when that basic, if 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 that is what transpired, and it was a hundred percent tonight that the Heat has played a massive part in it, and and that sort of thing. If at that point it's out of your control, and he wasn't getting frustrated or aggressive with it or anything like that, there was no stropping or sulking about. You saw him at the second break just just shrug a little bit as if to say, "What can I do?" sort of thing, and he responded with that third set, but. It just didn't quite fall Keen Barry's way tonight. But as such a, a young player with such a long career ahead of him, he will learn from this moment as well, knowing that actually I need to take that into account next time. Yeah, look, I, I suppose it's easy to forget sometimes how young Keen Barry still is. I think he's only 20. So, I mean, he, he's going to have many, many world championships to come in the future. And look, sometimes you have to take these defeats um, to learn from them and build on them. And I mean, he's had he's so much success this year up to now and look you're, I mean there's, there's, you're always going to have the peaks and the the dips in your career and I'm sure he'll, he'll bounce back from this and he'll learn from this I mean he's only very young like we said um, and look I mean he was only taken out last year from the brilliance of Johnny Clayton um, with all those a ton plus finishes and look I mean this is just an off night that happens he'll just have to dust himself down and, and go again next year and improve on what he's done this year yeah, he will. Evening to a few more in the chat room. Jars, join us. Simon says, Samurai, new favourite nickname in darts. Currently minus 11 in Birmingham. Now, I know it's a few hours since Keane played. There is a couple of hours journey between Birmingham and London. But for those of you outside the UK, that's pretty bloody cold, is basically the way to say it. Uh, John O'Shea's in. Good to see you, mate. Hope your practice is going well ahead of your trip to the Pali. Uh, he says, me and Cammy are plumbers. I'll be over on Monday and I'll bring the tools to fix the, <laughs> to fix the plumbing. Uh, let's have a quick chat about Grant Sampson then. I'll be honest, and I think this speaks for you and, and probably most of the team as well, and actually an awful lot of people in media and in positions that, that we're fortunate enough to be in sometimes as well. None of us know an awful lot about Grant Sampson, even one of the outlets that, uh, even one of the Dutch outlets that we're, we're friends with. Posted the thing early going, like us, were you unfamiliar with Grant Sampson before this tournament? Here's a little video we've done on him ahead of the tournament, right? I don't think that's disrespectful to say. Nobody would really heard of Grant Sampson because Devon Peterson has been so dominant in the South African field. He's used that qualifier as a, as a fullback, basically. We have seen others come through it. Um, Charles, uh, Graham Philby and, and, and the likes have played pairs with him in the past. But Grant's one that we've not really come across before. But pretty impressed with his action. Pretty solid. Fired in four 180s on his debut at the Alipad and obviously wins three sets. Dublin percentage could be a bit better, a little bit more consistent, granted. But for a player that, as Dan Dawson kept mentioning on the commentary, who, by the way, was superb and it's about bloody time, um, <laughs> the most that, the most Grant's ever played in front of is, is, is like 50, 60 people. He's playing at the Alexandra Palace tonight on TV in front of millions of people around the world. And he's just beaten one of the hottest young prospects in darts. Like, that's some achievement, even at a 77 average. Yeah, and Dan was, did remind us a couple of times how many people he had played in front of uh, during his career. Yeah, like you said, I mean, a really kind of a really solid action. Um, the scoring actually wasn't too bad from him. I know the doubles let him down in the end. Uh, and I actually quite liked watching him there this evening. I think he had a bit of passion in him. He, you could see he was fired up with some of the... When he when he was taking them doubles out and he was winning them sets, he really got into it and and it it didn't look like I know averages aside, it didn't look like it was his first time on a big stage. I must admit, and I know we were all surprised to see him come through the qualifier uh, earlier in the year. But I mean, look, I mean, he has nothing. He had nothing to lose coming into tonight's match. He would have known that he was a massive underdog as well. Uh, and look, he has nothing to lose in the next match as well. And, and look, I mean, fair play to him. He got the job done tonight. Um, wasn't pretty average-wise, but he'll be delighted. He'll be over the moon after tonight's match to, to win 3-1 um, and get through to the round two. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't big him up very often, but Tug's in the chat room and he just said, I thought he played well, his timing was impeccable. That's the way to say it. Look, 77 to 78 average. It didn't feel like that watching the game. There were still those moments yeah. and those key moments and it constantly felt like, one at a big score, the other responded. It, it was sort of that ebb and flow, and Sampson is the one that's come out on top of that tonight. Let's hear then from Grant Sampson in his post-match press conference. He's, he's always been... Uh, myself and Devin has been friends for a very, very long time, so even just before he came over, um, we had a, a regular practice session. So so he's been making it big, so it's every boy, boy's dream back home to be like Devin. And uh, I, I'm just glad I have him in my life, so... Him and his dad calls me every day, 
Um, I call him every day if I need advice. So, I mean, he's been in my corner since day one. Since even with the qualifier, he's been in my corner, and I'm really grateful to have him as part of my life, you know, helping me with this journey. Good to hear from Grant saying how Devin Peterson has helped him prepare for this World Championship, and it's earned him a spot in round two of the tournament. Uh, on to match number three this evening, then. And again, this is another Liam that actually, despite sub-90 averages, 88 and 87, I thought this was a pretty good game. Timing comes into this one again massively, trading off scores when they need it, the missing at the same time. It, it wasn't terrible. They just weren't firing in the treble as consistent. There was a lot of 60s, 59, switching around, chasing that treble a little bit, but both players were doing it. And it, it made for a good watch, especially at the pace that these two play at. Yeah, and look, I mean, the pace, like you said, they're both quick players. Um, it was a game, it was a nip, nip and tuck game again. Um, both had, had starts to win the opening set. Um, Rafferty looked really comfortable for a, for a man of his age. I mean, I know we've seen him at the Grand Slam. Um, and I mean, what I mean, if throws 100 miles an hour sometimes, it's hard to keep up with how quick. I mean, so, I mean, there was a one stage, I don't think, um, Rafferty had the darts nearly out of the board and, and Botamina was uh, throwing them in again. But look, yeah, it was a really entertaining match. It, like I said, it was nip and tuck. Good, played at a good pace. And 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 when that happens and when, when it's so close and you don't know what way it's going to swing, you kind of ignore the averages almost sometimes uh, and you just enjoy the game. And, and I actually thought it was going to go all the way uh, in the end, but it wasn't to be. But yeah, an entertaining game between um, two um, entertaining players. Yeah, I mean, Jermaine's had a, a bit of a, a rise in the back end of the season, I think. He's, he's certainly been more noticeable on tour than he has been for a long time now, perhaps since, I think, his win in Amsterdam. He won a couple of games in the World Series. That was his first win on TV in about 18 months at one point. His last win on in a TV tournament before that was on Streamboard 2 at the UK Open. So even that really wasn't a thing. It was looking like Worlds two years before that. So it wasn't the riches that perhaps people expected from Jermaine Watermaider when he was pushing up for, for top 32 and, and beyond. But I guess a little bit disappointing for him, but a superb result for Nathan Rafferty as developmental player, still still building experience, still got so much time ahead of him. Um, and a performance that in the past, when we've seen Nathan Rafferty win big games in the PDC, whether that be on the Pro Tour or in TV events, he's had to produce near his A game. To win a scrappy game will benefit him here massively. Yeah, and look, he looked really comfortable up there tonight. I just thought he looked at home. I mean, he was, uh, he looked like he was buzzing on his walk on. And, and look, yeah, it was an, an 87. He, he, he battled his way off the line. When I thought in that last set that Watamina was just turning the tide a little bit, I thought he was going to. Uh, just get over the line through his experience. I mean, he's been here. Um, I mean, he's had some a couple of Trinidad matches at Ali Paddy down through the years. I think he played Gary with a match against Gary a couple of years ago. He was brilliant in, uh, really unlucky in that one. Um, but look, Rafferty, I mean, again, he's going to be another one like Keen Barry. He's going to be around for a long time, you'd suspect. Uh, really capable. Um, got over the line. Well, sometimes with what I mean, I just feel that it's just almost too quick for his own good. I think when it comes down to when you just need to take that split second just to compose yourself uh, in the crucial moments of matches, and I just think, I mean, some of the um, the switching when it's when it comes down to the doubles, I don't know how he can compose himself to get, even get anywhere near the double. It's that quick. Um, but look, good win for Rafferty, and he'll be buzzing that he's in the next round. Yeah, it is indeed. I think that's the biggest takeaway from tonight. Look, the pace of Jermaine Watamena is obviously noticeable and, and will have a certain... Visually, he will look a little bit more flustered constantly, but the difference in maturity and, and how comfortable they seemed up on stage at that point, you would have thought Nathan Rafferty's been doing this for a long, long time in comparison to Jermaine, who's actually been on the tour five, six, seven, eight years or whatever it is. The difference in Rafferty tonight, I think, in the past, in tight games or big moments, when he's letting go of the dart, there's a look on his face of hope or angst that it's going where it is. That was gone tonight. It was just calm, cool, yeah, I throw my dart. If it doesn't go where it needs to, the next one. There, there was a maturity to Nathan Rafferty tonight, and that's the first time I've really seen that on TV at that level. It was sort of there at the Grand Slam, but it was a step above tonight, and that was even better from him, I thought. 
Yeah, and especially, I mean, the, I mean, the more experience he gets on these bigger stages, the better he'll become. I mean, as, I mean, there's no bigger stage than tonight. I mean, and and like you said, the fact that he could get over in a match in in a tight game when. Look, he he didn't play absolutely brilliant, but he he done enough. He he won the scrappy game, and all that experience would count for him going forward. Because you have to learn to win ugly sometimes, or or when you're not at your peak of your powers, you've got to learn to win them scrappy games. And I think this match could could be far better for him to win than maybe if he won three nil tonight and aced past Watamina that he needs the experience of winning winning scrappy and winning tough t- and tight matches and especially at, on, at the Ali Pali um, it'll stand for him and I think it's a really really good victory for him tonight yeah it was indeed let's then hear from Nathan Rafferty in his post-match press conference considering I went through an operation last Thursday got my appendix took out a week ago today now I'm playing in the second round is a good achievement for myself you know but I'm just, I'm just so happy to get past that against a tough opponent. Really, to be fair, he, he's like, he's one of them players who you can, you can go hit everything, but then when he doesn't, you take, you try to take advantage of it. So I'm happy. You mentioned there getting your appendix taken out last week. Far from the ideal preparation. Was there any ever doubt, any ever doubt about you having to compete here? Or were you always... It was last Monday. I felt the pain, like someone hit me in the side, so it was. And then a new song wasn't right, so I went in. And then Thursday night I got the operation. Lucky enough, I didn't bust, so if I would have bust, I'd been game over, I wouldn't be here. Like so, But lucky enough, God took out three three or four days healing. Started practicing Monday, Tuesday, and around it, a few hours, but no, happy to do the job. You just don't get these stories anywhere else, do you? The World Championship, just, yeah, sad, I had my appendix out a week ago, and I've just won a match that was worth £15,000 now. Is, is yeah, I just ridiculous for somebody who's 20 years old i couldn't believe i nearly forgot about that again i mean that makes it even more remarkable uh and look we can see he's battling qualities off the da- off the hockey now and we can see that he has them on the hockey now as well i mean that must have been it must have been painful that he, what he's had to go through through the last week or so and the fact that they probably um had a negative effect on his practice time, the amount of time that he was he was able to spend on the board in the last couple of weeks. But maybe that just made him play with the pressure off tonight and said, I'm going to go first. Um, couldn't have been much worse than the last week or two pain-wise. Uh, I'm going to go up there and look. I mean, he's, a, he's not had a bad turnaround in a couple of weeks. Not at all. And he is through to the second round. A player that is through to the third round, though, which is 12 days away, by the way. It's mad how this tournament works. We understand why it does, of course. You want the world champion playing opening night. But already in round two, moving on to round number three, is the defending champion and world number two right now? Peter Wright. I, I lose track in a minute because they've changed so one. often. And it's likely to change again at the end of this. And no idea. I'm pretty sure he's world number two at the minute. Peter Wright, a 3-0 winner over Mickey Mansell, who obviously played twice in the evening. Complete contrast in performance from Mickey from how he played in match number one to how he played in match number four. Um, a, a solid but unspectacular performance from Peter Wright. It goes down as an 88 average and 40% on the doubles. I think there was a little bit more in there. I think there was a couple of legs where just dropped off completely. That second leg in the first set, I think it was. Um, yeah. I don't think the pace helps Peter Wright. I think he does prefer players that are a bit quicker, even though he can be quite methodical himself. Um, and look, given the situation with Peter, given that Joe has spent time in hospital, it was great to see her back at Ali Pali tonight and, and Peter all dressed up in the Grinch outfit. We all know how much uh, he relies on Joe for, for that. Um And the, the, he pulled out the Players' Championship. We don't know how much match practice he's actually got. But he did what he needed to do. He's into the next round. He's into the third round. He'll be back on the 27th of December. You can't win the World Championship on opening night, but you can definitely lose it. And he's just done enough to put himself into the next round. 12 more days of practice. There's a good chance we can see Peter Wright going a bit deeper than I think people imagined, even after a performance at headline number is an 88 average. Yeah, and look, I mean, uh, them early round. Uh, for for the top players, are just about getting through and uh, unscathed and getting back to after Christmas as well. I mean, like there was a couple of moments of a brilliant dinner: the one two six in the in the third set, the one two one in the first set. 
Um, <clears throat> look, like he said in his post-match um, interview, I mean, he probably wanted to be pushed a little bit more because he hadn't hasn't had much match match practice over the last couple of weeks uh, Mansell uh, in fairness to Mansell it, it's all, it was always going to be tough to come back after playing in the first match of the night I mean you, you, all your preparation goes into that and for him oh, having only won one match on, on that stage before he probably just targeted that one to think I just want to get through Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The, the second round and it really looked like he'd run out of steam by the time he got back on stage there against Wright and I'm, am I right in saying that the only lake he won was that 20 dart breaker for all in the second yeah he was 1 from 7 on the outer ring set score was 3-1 3-0 3-0 I mean look we're not we're not going to completely ignore a, a certain factor of, of alcohol there, there has been problems with Mickey in the past he's, he's notably and quite famously been fined for not playing to the best of his ability in this tournament in the past. And is there a possibility that he got his preparation wrong for this second game? It certainly looks it a little bit. His interview wasn't the most coherent after the first game, and then he's playing again three hours later. And I think if he didn't have such a bad record at Ali Pali, I, th- I think we might have seen something slightly different tonight. But when your record is so bad at Alexandra Palace, you're one from six attempts, I think, here before. You've only ever won one game before or, or whatever it is. Everything in his mind would have been gearing up just to make sure you get through that first round. If he doesn't have to play twice tonight, it's a different conversation as well because you can do that. But having to prep for two games in a, or potentially prep for two games in a tournament where your record suggests you're not even going to get past the first one, means you put everything into the first one, it paid off for him, and then he just couldn't get the balance right for the second one. It is what it looks like from the outside. I'm not going to sit and tell you, I think he was blind drunk or anything stupid like that. But alcohol is still in the game. We're not naive enough to suggest it's not. And given that that's happened in, in the past, it's just not the best look, I think, is the fact. Yeah, and I suppose we all have had experience, or most of us would have had experience of playing... Um, and and you have to peak at the right time and, and get the level uh, right in terms of when you're going up in the stage. And look, I mean, for Mate, a I spent player, eighty like... quid last night and had thirteen drinks in a local league. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, not going to sit here and tell you that people don't drink to play dark. There is no right level anyway. Trying to get it right is very very difficult, even at that highest level. But I suppose for Mickey, like we said, I mean, for, for I mean, he's just won his tour car back again this year. Um, that even the the prize money alone to make it into the second round is massive for Mickey Mansell. I mean, he especially like we said with his record, everything I would suspect was on that first game. Like he would have known well in advance if he did one who he's playing in the second round, and even if he'd have produced the performance of his life this evening. I mean, Peter Wright just has gears that we know he can go through so quickly. And, I mean, the chances are, the odds would have been stacked against him. So, I mean, in his eyes, I mean, he's, he's probably, I don't think he's going to be disappointed going away this evening. I think he'd have been very happy that he's got his second win up in that stage. Um, prize money-wise, in terms of t- keeping his tour card after next year, um, I mean, that will be the overall aim for him, you would suspect. Um, so I think overall, going away from this evening, Manson will be happy. Probably peaked in the first game, but that's probably what he intended to do as well. Um, and, and anything after that was just going to be a bit of a bonus for him. Um, and look, from Peter Wright's point of view, 
He's true to after Christmas now. It was nothing spectacular, but I mean, he might like this now. I mean, he, he hasn't been talked up uh, by anyone, really. He's been ignored, and, and he will be the first to remind us very, very quickly that he is fully intent on, on, on re- retaining this title of his. He didn't do it a couple of years ago, and he will be... Um, but he's one of the few players, I would say, that can come into this tournament with so little match practice and be able to switch it on like a light switch. I mean, he's one of the few players out there anyway that can do that. Um, so, I mean, look, he's true after Christmas. And Mansell won his matches, so I don't think he's going to be too disappointed. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Look, I think um, Bob makes a good point in the chat as well, that he was playing against two people with two different styles of throw. On a pro tour or a Euro tour or whatever, where you play games multiple times a day or whatever, the stakes are significantly lower. So you do just go into it and go, right, I'm doing this. I've seen players, once the draws come out in the past, go and specifically find out practice partners in advance of the tournament that play in a certain style. If you've got a particularly slow player in the first round, you go and find somebody that's slow to practice against. I've seen it done. So to prepare for two different styles like he has tonight, Rob and Mansell and, and whatever else. Are we making the odd excuse for him? Potentially, but I guess it works both ways. That £15,000 is massive for him. Still going into second year of his tour card next year. Poor record in the past. Job done by Peter Wright as well. It was an inch. I'm not going to say it was an interesting game. I don't think it was that, to be honest. I think it was. we pretty much knew where this one was going after the result of that first set. He didn't see any any fight back from Mickey at that point, which is disappointing after a, a solid performance in that first first round earlier in the night. Yeah, and I don't think anyone was under any illusions that this game was all going to be about Peter Wright and what he'd done. I mean, at the end of the day, he's the world champ. Um, I mean, there would have been, when he's seen the draw, especially after his lack of preparation, no disrespect to Mickey Mansell, but he'd have been happy that... Um, look, he wanted to be pushed more, but he'd have been happy in a way that it wasn't a, a tougher first round draw that he can just get through. Like you said, he can go way back, uh, go home for Christmas now, get a bit of more practice under his belt, and come back. I think he's back in the twenty seventh. I could be wrong now, but uh, for some reason that's the days I have in my head, and just get ready for <clears throat> uh, that next round match. I think he could potentially be Kim Ibrex or whoever he is facing tomorrow I have it written down somewhere um, Grant Sampson how could I forget <laughs> um, so <laughs> and look he'll just be happy to, uh, to get through to and play again after Christmas and prepare for that third round match yeah he will indeed Tug says no excuse playing twice he should be fined and banned look, I disagree in this tournament in, in every other tournament potentially but in this tournament the winner of the first game of the tournament is the only player expected to play twice in a night in the entire tournament. That's completely different to everybody else in the highest stakes tournament of the year. I think there is an exception to be made a little bit there. I also don't expect the DRA to get involved like they have done previously. It'd be incredibly difficult to find Mickey for that performance, which I'm not sure I agreed with the first time, despite whatever state they're going to say both players are in or whatever when a player literally two matches before has won a game averaging 0.21 points lower. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, regardless whether we're speaking about if he's had one too many drinks or whatever, I mean, even the adrenaline and, and to be so pumped up to go, to come back down, to go back up again. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, even the tough, we see players in, in um in the the, the the other events that that, that run over the course of a day, I mean uh, even the, t- the the best players struggle with it, um to 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 come back up and go back on stage again after being away. And, and look, it was always going to be tough for Mickey. Uh, like we said, he's going he's just going to be happy that he got through that first round match. It's another win on that stage. Um, prize money for him is going to be massive. Um, and look, I don't think we can really blame him too much for um, a bit of a lackluster performance in the second match. Correct. Biggest showcase of sport, and he's right, mate. It's not. Hey, look, there are far bigger names that get in far worse states, but because they can play a little bit better doing so, get away with it frequently. You know exactly who we're on about. 
So let's not go down that route. What we are going to do is hear from your defending world champion who is into the third round, Mr. Peter Wright. To be honest, I played rugby all year. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm like full favourite for the competition, you know. And when I won it uh, the first year, I think I was third or full favourite, you know. And I beat the favourite and the second favourite on to to win the tournament. So it doesn't matter. I hate being favourite. I'd be the outsider, uh, and everyone else talking about all the all the good players instead of me. Uh, I've done enough practice in the past month. I'm ready for the world championships anyway. So you know, uh, people might say because I haven't played competitive darts, but I know how to win this tournament. I don't need to play uh, be playing the players' championships. I don't need playing the Grand Slam against the best players in the world. It's doing the right things at the right time. <laughs> just steal Michael's line. I know he's not stirred it and annoyed anybody at that point, but stealing your rival's favourite line might not go down so well right at the end of the clip we've just played, played you. A quick reminder that all of the post-match interviews will be available in full on our YouTube channel. You can check them out once you finish watching us, the three from this evening. There will be four per night uh, for the foreseeable until we complete round two, I believe. Um, so do check those out. Phil will be down at Alexander Palace. And do make sure you subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of those being uploaded throughout the day. Because obviously you'll have eight tomorrow because we do move on to a double session. This is where the World Championship really starts to pick up pace. Now we've had the opening night, we've had the teaser, but tomorrow night we get eight matches of darts. And what a couple of sessions of darts this could be. Right, Liam, we are 40 minutes in already. And we do have eight games to predict each. So let's just go score lines and a, and a small line. If you've got anything in particular to say about them, let, let's not do our usual 10 minutes. Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> let's just quick fire them a little bit, shall we? Uh, match number one, Alan Suter against Mal Cumming from Australia. Where are you going with that one? Yeah, Suter's done really well at the Grand Slam recently. Done well at the Warriors last year. Can't see anyone other than him coming through that he's a grafter suitor, and I think I think coming might pick up a set there, but I'm gonna go three one suitor. I think I'm following you that one. I spoke to Daryl Gurney, who awaits the winner of this one, by the way, and he's, he's pretty much seeing it the same way, by the way. Anybody that was a professional tour card holder should be able to come through these games pretty unscathed, and suits has been fantastic for the last few months. Um, so I'm going suits as well, and I'm going to say three one as well. Tug has gone suits. Tommy's got suits three uh, nil. Jack's got suits three one. Mr. David's got suits. Tommy's got suits as well. Pretty much a clean sweep on that one. As ever, if you're in the chat room and not used to this, by the way, you can fire your score predictions in, and we'll try and read some out. Might even flash some up on screen as well. Uh, match number two: Boris Kirchmar against Toru Suzuki. Yeah, I think Boris wins this one. I'm going to go 3-1 Boris, I think, again. The uh, tour will pick up a set, but I think Boris is just going to be too strong here and get over the line. Yeah, I like Boris in this one as well. Former first-round loss in the World Championship to Manners Rasma, 3-0 in sets two years ago. Uh, played in the World Cup of Darts as well. Uh, but I'm going big bad Boris in this one. I'm going to say 3-0 in this one. I just like I like Boris's pace. He's just gonna get on with it. Yeah, I mean Boris is a good player. Boris when he's in good in full flow. Mm-hmm. Tommy's got Kirchmar three one. Mister David's got Boris Tug Big Bad Boris in big capital letters. Uh, Boris <laughs> Boris three one three two upset to the coming says the distance. The first player to go against with an upset in the opening two matches. On to number three and what I'm quite looking forward to to be honest. Beware. Adrian Lewis at Alexandra Palace, I think, especially this Adrian Lewis. In the last couple of years, we've been waiting for him to click and, and give it bigger and, and get back to where he was and whatever else. But I think we've seen more glimpses this year that it is possible that Adrian Lewis can produce a run at this World Championship. And with Damon Hetter sat waiting in the next round for the winner of this one, whose TV form has been questioned a lot, I think there's an opportunity in this part of the draw. And because yeah, of that, I'm going to say Adrian Lewis wins this 3-1 as well. I think he might drop a set. Daniel Larson's steady. We've seen him play plenty of events before. World Cup, Euro Tours, Tour Card as well at one point, I believe. Um, I'm not writing him off, but I think Lewis has too much for this one. I'm going to say 3-1. 
Yeah, I agree. I think Lewis 3-1 as well. I just think Larson will nip, nick a set off of Lewis. I think there'll be a little bit of rustiness in there. Um, uh, but I just I think Lewis, I'd really love to see him go on a run uh, this world. A, a world championship with Adrian Lewis in the back end of it is a better world championship for everybody, I think. I think we we'll all agree on that one. So I just hope that Lewis can come through this one and set up a, ma- a tie with uh, Damon Hedger, who will not be pleased to see that he, it'll be Adrian Lewis for him in the first round match or round two for him um, in, in the, at the Worlds. No, I agree. Uh, Jack's got Lewis 3-1. Tommy's got Lewis 3-0. Mr. Davis got Lewis. Tug 3-0 Lewis. Distance 3-2 Lewis. Larson will push him. And Bob's got Lewis 3-1. At the final match of the afternoon session. And I'm, I've been trying to get big on Kim Hybrex's game this year so far. Thinking that there's a little bit more of a climb coming. And he might start pushing back towards that top 24, top 16 perhaps. Hasn't quite materialised yet. But he does take on Grant Sampson in round two to close out tomorrow night session, uh, tomorrow afternoon session. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, look, we're all hoping that we can see the return to form that we saw from Kim Hybrex around about seven or eight years ago. I mean, we know how capable he is. I mean, that match against Garwin Price, I only w- watched the back end of it there um, this week, last year. <laughs> that was That produced fireworks. And we know that Kim has a really good, really, really good A game when he's on it. Um, and I think this will give uh, Kim a chance to get into the tournament. No disrespect to Grant Sampson. I think he had a brilliant win tonight, but I just can't see anyone other than Kim winning this match. And I think it will give Kim a chance to just get his feet under the table a little bit and get into the tournament um, ahead of what could be a, a Peter Wright showdown in round three, I, I think. Um, I'm not too sure. I don't have it open in front of me now, but and I think it'll be routine for Kim Hybrex, and I think he will win this three nil. I'll try and find it now. 27th, 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 match eight. I believe you're right. Yeah, it would be as state with Kim Hybrex. I'm gonna go three nil in this one. I, I think Kim's just got that little bit more. Um, then Keen Barry, that little bit more experience, that little bit more of an edge to know when to celebrate and when to give it the, the big one at the right time. Um, and I think that will help him over the line tomorrow. Uh, Tommy's got Hybrex 3-1. Bob's got Hybrex 3-2. Hybrex 3-0 for Jack. Sampson, says Colin. He's back in the upset 3-2. Tug's being a Muppet. Uh, Barry says Suits, Boris, Lewis and Kim, all 3-0, all quick and easy. Good night. I think you mean good afternoon, Barry, because there is an evening session to follow. Uh, the distance has got Hybrex 3-0, usually steps up at the Worlds. Uh, on to the evening session, and tomorrow night's session is a belter, by the way. Now we are cooking here at the PDC World Championship, opening up with Roby John Rodriguez against Lawrence Elagan. Roby with that little bit of an edge to him at the minute, walking on with the sunglasses, two trebles in, giving it to the crowd for the 180 against Lawrence Elagan, who has technically one of the best throws you'll ever see. He loves to jump about on stage a little bit. This could be a real classic. Yeah, there could be quite a bit of jumping around now tomorrow evening this first session. That'll get us warmed up very nicely for the matches that are to come afterwards. Um, I think Rowby John is going to win this one, I think, and we've seen brilliant form from him this year. I had a 3-1, and I'm going to stick to it. I I thought about changing it there a second ago and changing my mind, but I'm just going to go with 3-1 to Rowby John. I think I'm going to do the same for one reason in particular. Next year is when the Asian tour returns. And I think the absence of the Asian tour has hurt those players. We've seen Lawrence play for the Philippines in the World Cup a couple of times. A couple of years ago, when him and Malikdom drew England in the first round, I was really big on both of them. They were firing in nine darts in Asia and all sorts. But I think the lack of them being able to play competitive steel-tip match darts in Asia has been an issue for a while and the return of the PDC agent tour next year will certainly help Lawrence yeah. and, and the others on that tour pick up those wins and potentially look at moving to the tour. But I just I just think this year is a year too early and we might be seeing a little bit of a, a wasted opportunity for Lawrence Lang because he's fantastic yeah. technically, but he hasn't really produced any of those moments individually just yet. Um, and I think Roby will have too much for him as well. So I'm going 3-1 in this one. Jack's got 3-1 as well. Tommy's got 3-1 Roby John. So has Tug. 3-2 Roby. Um, 
Lawrence has some good soft tip form going in. 3-2 Ralby. RJR, 3-2. Close match. Uh, Mr. Davis says, he sleeves up. Oh, he'll have his shoulders up. Can you imagine if he does that at minus seven in Alexandra Palace tomorrow <laughs> night? What a lunatic. Uh, on to match number two. And this one is possibly one of the most hotly anticipated matches of the entire tournament. Willie O'Connor. Uh, takes on Bo Greaves, the 18-year-old female sensation, reigning uh, female women's world champion. She won eight straight, and the recent World Masters champion, by the way, won eight straight PDC Women's Series to move up to second on that order merit and book her spot here at Alexandra Palace. Uh, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I really, really hope that this lives up to the, the hype. I mean, this is the first round tie that I've most been looking forward to um, I think this is really intriguing. I mean, it's been so hard to, to call a winner of this. I really think the crowd is going to be a big, could be a big factor in this in this result. But I, I just think William O'Connor is so, he, he's like, uh, he's a seasoned professional at this stage. He's so solid when, uh, I mean, his action is solid. I think Bo, uh, I think it's, it's going to be really tight, but I just think he's, Game, his average level across the board is better than Bo's if if it's that kind of game. Um, I mean, Bo, I think we'll have to pursue something special to beat uh, Willie. Now, I would expect Willie's standard to drop a little bit if the crowd uh, are revving up um, there, but I, I just think he's going to sneak past Bo. I'm going to say 3-2. I think it'll be scrappy. I think there'll be missed starts of doubles. The crowd is... Like we said, it's going to be probably going wild. Um, but I just think O'Connor will have just that little bit too much for Bowen. I think he's just going to sneak past three to could go all the way. Yeah, for me, this is all about how quickly Bo settles. I think if this goes scrappy early on and O'Connor comes out with a first set, it's difficult for her to recover from that just because of the experience that Willie will have in that moment and being a seasoned professional that he is in, in, in with that experience. If she comes out and batters him first set, like we saw Lisa Ashton do to Jan Decker a couple of years ago, I think she walks this game. If, if she blows Willie away, I think there will be that fear factor. We saw Jan properly rev himself up, but we also saw Lisa drop off massively in that performance that year. I don't see a massive drop from Bo if she starts at that level. Because at that point, it's set play. It's not leg play. So she's not got to maintain it. She's just got to produce it a couple of times in each set. She's got to stay consistent and actually go, bang, there's the 180. Her, her timing in the women's series was impeccable. Even in games where she wasn't being pushed in a leg where it looks like she's about to throw it away, perhaps, or not quite switched on, bang. So she can produce it and is more than capable of producing it. It's whether or not she gets caught up in that moment. And that start for me is absolutely massive for her. However... I am going to back Willie O'Connor. I just think there's just a little bit too much to him. I think he's he's a, he's a bit of a wily character. We've seen that edginess to him when him and Steve Lennon went deep in the World Cup before, followed up with decent run of the players' championships as well. I just think he's got that little bit too much to him where he just won't be phased by it either. He yeah, won't be I mean, phased by has, the moment. He has that kind of steely attitude yeah. at times when it matters. And I just think, I mean, I mean, it's, Bo, don't get me wrong, it's been brilliant what she's done this year. She's had the match practice with the World Masters win um, just last week. But uh, like we say about O'Connor, I just think he's been around a little bit too long now to be caught a little bit cold, maybe like Ted Everts was uh, a couple of years ago. And I just think uh, that he'll just sneak over the line. Yeah, I agree. Some predictions in the chat room. Uh, Jack's got both 3-2. Tommy's got Willie. Tommy's also got O'Connor 3-1. Uh, Tug says, trust me, Bo can win this. I think everyone believes she can. It's just, will she, I think, is the difference. Uh, Mr. Davis says 3-1 either way. Distance says 3-2. Greaves upset on the cards. Uh, Tug says Bo 3-1. Uh, Willie O'Connor fired up. Best of three, I'd say Bo. Best of five, have to go O'Connor. Perfect. Right, let's move on to the penultimate game of tomorrow's session. It's Keegan Brown against Florian Hempel. Two players that... Haven't had the best of seasons. Probably would say they had better 2021s than they had 2022s. Florian Hempel in particular, um, having to go through the German Super League to be here rather than um, actually produce it on the tour, I believe. Have I made that up? Did he win the Super League? 
I remember being on, but I can't remember who won it. <laughs> 20 past midnight, and I have absolutely no clue anymore what what day it even is. Uh, but Hempel not been as impressive as he was last year. Keen Brown has won a pro tour this year and still at risk of losing his tour card. This is a massive, massive game for the needle tomorrow afternoon. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, I, I do see it going all the way. I just think it'll be a, another nip and tuck game. I mean, I kind of changed my mind once or twice when I looked at it. I just think it's all. Keegan Brown maybe, but now I'm just going to stick with Florian Hempel. I just think uh, over the last 18 months he's probably been a, been a been a better form, and I'm going to go off that. I know it's a long time ago that um, I think he had a good run here last year, didn't he? Or he knocked someone out. Is it Dimitri Vandenberg he beat last year? I think so. Um, so I'm just going to go with Hempel. I actually like Hempel. I think he's a good level. Uh, to his game, and I think there's a lot of potential uh, there with him, and I think he'll just sneak past uh, Keegan Brown 3-2. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go Keegan. I just think, again, that big stage, winning big TV matches experience is going to come from Keegan. I know Florin's got that level, but the absence of seeing it throughout this entire year until late on in that Super League, and even that's not stages, it's a little bit different. I, I just think Keegan's got the edge in that regard. Been practicing with Richie Housen today, I believe, as well, who's going to play at a similar pace or used to Florian. They set the dart a bit differently, but they're both similar rhythm in terms of how long it takes him to, to throw the dart. So I think he's going to be well practiced for this. And I think Keegan will win this one 3 1. Um, who do we have? Tommy's got Hempel 3 2. Jack's got Keegan 3 1. Tug's got Keegan playing very well at County, wins 3 1. Um, Pete Adams says Keegan Brown 3-1. Bob says Hempel 3-1. Tricky to decide. This for both. Keegan will have the crowd. 3-2 says the distance. Final game of the night then, Liam, and then we can wrap up and go to bed. Uh, Michael Smith, uh, the world number four? Yep, still, just. Yep. Uh, world number four and the new uh, Grand Slam of Darts champion. That monkey is finally off his back. We'll take on Nathan Rafferty uh, to close out the evening session. Um, no disrespect to Nathan here, but I think Michael Smith has too much for him tomorrow night. I, I just look, not the best yeah. player championship finals from Michael Smith, but no, uh, yeah, this is where we start seeing him go deep again. And look, I mean, there's no doubt that now that he's got that monkey off his back with the major title, that he's going to turn into a different animal. But I just wonder, I mean. I mean, everyone now has said Smith, Smith, Smith. They're saying seats. They're putting them out there all the time. And I just wonder: is is it still a little bit too early? I mean, um, like maybe he'll just have to win a, one more to to really start getting the, the ball rolling. Then, I mean, everyone is putting him in the frame now. They're saying that he's going to win the world championship. Uh, and I mean, this event is like no other. I mean, there's only a couple of select players in the field that have been able to do it. And I mean, it, it's such a long format over so many, uh, over a couple of weeks. I mean, it's, it's different to any tournament on the calendar. Uh, but look, I don't see Rafferty causing much of an issue here. I think he had a great win tonight, but I just think there's levels. Uh, and I think the top four are, are kind of a level above uh, the rest of the field at the moment. And I think Smith is going to come through. And I'm going to say, I'm going to give Rafferty a step, but I think Smith comes through comfortably 3-1. Yeah, I, I hear what you say. I think if we are going to see the concerns about it being too soon for Michael Smith, it's going to be in the last stages of this tournament. I, I just think, go up there, do your job. He doesn't seem to try too hard anymore, which I think we've seen from the past in Michael Smith. And, and that sounds ridiculous to say, but there are moments where he just wants it that too much. He wants every dart to be perfect and almost plays himself out of form. I think even if he finds himself a set behind tomorrow, I think he can go off the stage reset, go again. I just think he's got that maturity in his game. I was saying it even before he won the slam. There were times earlier this year where he just had that maturity. It just looked like his time. The way he was bouncing back from setbacks, going again, and his mentality has changed an awful lot. And even though he's won that grand slam as well, I've tipped him to go far. If it doesn't come off for him, I'm sure he will again in the future. But I think he's got too much for Nathan in this one. And I'm going to go 3-1 as well. Um, so in the chat, the final predictions of the night. Uh, Jack's got Smith 3-2. G's got Bully Boy 3-1. 3-0 for Tommy. Uh, Smith wins 3-1, says Tug. 3-0 for Peter Adams. 3-1 for Bob. 3-0, uh, says The Distance. Um, 
And that's all the score predictions in that one then, folks. A massive thank you for joining us for the opening night of the Fallout Bar from the PDC World Darts Championship. A big thank you to our friends at Betfred for sponsoring all of our coverage throughout this tournament. To everybody in the chat room, you guys have been absolutely amazing. Thanks for joining us this evening. If you aren't quite ready to stop watching darts, do head over to the Moda Super Series channel or to Sporty Stuff TV, and you can catch up with all the action from the Moda Super Series this evening. That will finish on Saturday night and then break for the rest of the World Championships. Uh, if you don't listen to any of the interviews in full from the winners tonight, apart from Mickey Mantle because he played twice, uh, you can do so on this YouTube channel as well. Uh, just go and find them. Make sure you drop a like and comment on the chats as well. Get involved uh, on all of those. Uh, we will be back, or I'll be back tomorrow night. It won't be you, Liam. I think I'm on with Charlie tomorrow. Uh, so thanks for joining me this evening, buddy. Hopefully we'll catch up with you uh, throughout the rest of the tournament. Uh, and one final thing, do make sure you're following us on social media to keep up with everything going on throughout the PDC World Championship. Thanks for tuning in tonight, everybody. We will see you all uh, very, very soon.